Lucas 22, al 24 al 30. Luke 22, we'll be reading 24 to verse 30. <clears throat> and we're going to title this, Lordship and Authority. And this follows the teachings on these uh, last days of our Lord before he is crucified. Luke 22, verse 24 says, And there was also a strife among them, which of them should be accounted the greatest. And he said unto them, The kings of the Gentiles exercise lordship over them, and they that exercise authority upon them are called benefactors. But you shall not be so, but he that is greater among you, let him be as a younger, and he that is chief as he that doth serve. For whether is greater, he that sitteth at meat, or he that serveth? Is not he that sitteth at meat? But I am among you as he that serveth. You are, ye are they which have continued with me in my temptations. And I appoint unto you a kingdom, as my Father hath appointed unto me, that ye may eat and drink at my table in my kingdom, and sit on thrones judging the twelve tribes of Israel. Let us pray. Our Father, thank you for tonight. Thank you for this opportunity that we have, O oh Lord, to come into your, your house, O oh Lord, and, and, and celebrate this, this, this beautiful institution, Lord, instituted by the, your Son, our Savior, Jesus Christ. And as we uh, go through these passages, please help us to keep in mind that, O oh Lord, it, it's, it's all about our Savior. It's all about you, O oh Lord. Everything that we meditate upon, O Lord, may it be upon you and your Son, our Savior Jesus Christ. For we ask it in his name. Amen. So here's the question that arises, and we're going to take in verse 24. The question is, who should be the greatest? You know, this is the second time this question is asked. And we find the first time in a previous chapter, in Luke chapter 9, let's go there first. In Luke chapter 9, we find this same question being brought. And I'm going to read verses uh, 46 through 48. He says, Then there arose a reasoning among them, which of them should be greatest. And Jesus, perceiving the thought of their heart, took a child and set him by him, and said unto them, Whosoever shall receive this child in my name receiveth me. And whosoever shall receive me receiveth him that sent me. For he that is least among you all, the same shall be great. Now the question, if you notice here in Luke chapter 9, comes immediately after he tells him, look what he says in verse number 44. Let these sayings, Luke 9, 44, let these sayings sink down into your ears, for the Son of Man shall be delivered into the hands of men. Immediately after he makes that declaration, this question arises, well, who's going to be the greatest? Well, back to our text in, in Luke chapter 22, we know that, you know, they, they've just celebrated the Passover. And he again tells them that he's going to be delivered into the hands of sinners. He just instituted what we're about to celebrate tonight. And in verse 24, there arises this, this strife, this 
question as to who is going to be the greatest. Now, the sons of Zebedee, John and James, they asked to sit on the right hand and the other on the left hand in his glory. Let's go to Mark chapter 10. Mark chapter 10. And verse 35, Mark 10, 35, And James and John, the sons of Zebedee, come unto him and saying, Master, we would that you should do for us whatsoever we should desire. And he said unto them, What would ye that I should do for you? They said unto him, Grant unto us that we may sit one on thy right hand and the other on thy left hand in thy glory. Now turn, go down to verse 41. And when the ten heard it, they began to be much displeased with James and John. But Jesus called them to him and saith unto them, Ye know that they which are accounted to rule over the Gentiles exercise lordship over them, and their great ones exercise authority upon them. But so shall it not be among you. Whosoever will be great among you shall be your minister. And whosoever of you will be the chiefest shall be servant of all. For, he says, the Son of Man came not to be ministered unto, but to minister and to give his life a ransom for many. So this question arises again after he's taught him about the institution of the Lord's table. Now, let's go back to Luke. In our text, in Luke 22 and verse 24, please, that singular word, that single word, uh, strife, Luke 22:24, where it says, and there was a strife among them. It's a sad commentary, not just upon them, but also upon human nature and what sometimes takes place in the New Testament church when we forget the most basic teachings of our Lord. Again, strife arises not only because of human nature, because also we forget this basic teaching of our Lord. The word here, strife, verse 24, Luke 22, 24, there was also a strife. It's a strong word. For example, when, you know, we talk about Philemon, right? Philemon. That first word is philo amor, right? Philanthropist, a lover of man. Uh, Philadelphia, the city of brotherly love. There's love involved. Well, here the word strife is philonacos. They love to fight. They love to fight. Or as in Spanish, aman el pleito. Aman, they love to be contentious. They are fond of strife. There was also a strife among them. Who's involved? Well, all 12 of them. Perhaps it came about because of, again, the Lord Jesus had just told Peter, right, previously, you know, that unto him are given the keys of the kingdom of heaven. Remember that? Blessed are thou, Simon Barjona, for flesh and blood had not revealed these things unto thee, but my Father which is in heaven. And upon this rock will I build my church, and the gates of hell shall not prevail against thee. 
Maybe that's what caused it. Or maybe because these two, James and John, came asking to be set higher than the other. Well, we know James and John, they're, they're firecrackers, right? They're the sons of thunder. But Peter's no pushover. Maybe that's why when you read in verse 31 of Luke 22, 31, the Lord addresses Peter and said, Simon, Simon, behold, Satan had desired to have you that he may sift you as wheat. Why would he mention Peter? Maybe it was those three that began the strife. I don't know. The scripture doesn't tell us. But beloved, all 12 were involved. Who brought it up first? We don't know. You know, the weight of the cross is not far. The sorrows of death are not far. The humiliation, all is near. He knew, the Lord knew exactly what would take place. And instead of rebuking them sharply, you know, I'm about to die, and you guys are worried about who's the greatest? You know, he knew exactly what would take place, and he patiently teaches them about lordship and authority. You know, maybe it was the sons of Zebedee, maybe it was Peter, I don't know. But three, three things I like to pick up from our text. Number one, the Lord, in verse 25, uh, gives the Gentile example. And then in verse 26, he tells us about church government. And then I believe, beloved, in verse 27, he uses the example of himself as a servant. As a servant. And again, there's too much here. You know, the word greatest, the word greatest there in verse 24, which of them should be accounted the greatest? You know, they're not thinking about in the years to come. Lord, when you save more people, you know, it's between us here, us 12 right here. And usually the word greatest involves two people or two things. For example, the mustard seed is the greatest among what? Among all the herbs. It's the greatest. The Lord is greater than what? Than the temple. Remember that? Two things compared. The Lord is greater than the temple. The temple is greater than the gold. Two things compared. The only one can be great. It's not two, just one. The altar is greater than the gift. Jesus is greater than Jacob. Are thou greater than our father Jacob, which gave us this well? And we did drink, my fathers did drink, and ourselves. Are thou greater? Well, Jesus is greater than Jacob. Jesus is greater than Abraham. Are thou greater than our father Abraham? Before Abraham was, I am. Jesus is greater. So here, the disciples are making a comparison between each other. Uh, Now, some people agree maybe Peter is the oldest. Should it be Peter? You know, I don't doubt this, Brother Reuben, that if they would cast votes, they would vote for each other. <laughs> I don't doubt it. Because they're not thinking about whether it should be Peter, it should be James, it should be John. They're thinking about, I should be the greatest. You know what? Peter never forgot what the Lord taught him. 
Because we find in 1 Peter chapter 5, notice what Peter remembers about this instance. He says, 1 Peter 5, I'm going to be reading verses 1 through verse 3. The elders which are among you, I exhort, who am also an elder, and a witness of the sufferings of Christ, and also a partaker of the glory that shall be revealed. Feed the flock of God which is among you, taking the oversight thereof, not by constraint, but willingly, not for filthy lucre, but of a ready mind. But notice verse 3. Neither as being lords over God's heritage, but being examples to the flock. He remembered that. We're not lords over you. We're servants. Now, let's go back to our text. In verse 26, well, first verse 25, excuse me. Let's clarify some things. The church and the Lord's kingdom are not like the government of this world. They're not. Number one, the church and the Lord's kingdom are not like the governments of this world. They're not. We should not attempt to emulate any form of human government. Also, we should not attempt to make the church a business. It's not a business. There should be a noticeable difference between these two. Verse 26. But ye shall not be so. Notice that? Verse 26. Luke twenty-two twenty-six. 26. But ye shall not be so. It's okay to have kings. It's okay to have presidents. It's okay to have leaders outside of the church. It's okay. They're given by God according to the book of Romans but not in the church. That's not the way the church is run. That's not the, ch- the way the church is governed. Now, well, what, do, what, what do the kings do? What do presidents do? What do governors do? Well, they govern. They govern. Notice verse 25. The kings of the Gentiles exercise Lordship over them. He doesn't say that it's evil. He doesn't say it's necessarily evil. But wherever you go in this world, I don't care where you go, let's, let's go to Africa. There's somebody that leads that country. And that head of that country, of that government, exercises lordship. That's the way it's going. Here in the States... It's called an executive order. I got the power to do certain things. They exercise their lordship, their kingship. That's what a king does. He rules or has dominion over those that he rules. For example, I picked a, a, a scripture sample. Let's go to 1 Samuel. That's exactly what God said was going to happen if they chose a king instead of God. God was their king. God was the one who governed them, but they wanted a king like the rest of the nation. Remember that? 
And in 1 Samuel 8, verse 10, in Samuel, 1 Samuel 8, verse 10, he says, And Samuel told all the words of the Lord unto the people that asked for of him a king. And he said, This will be the manner of the king that shall reign over you. Mark this. He will take your sons and appoint them for himself, for his chariots, and to be his horsemen, and some shall run before his chariots. He will appoint him captains over thousands and captains over fifties, and will set the ear to his ground, and to reap his harvest, and to make his instruments of war and instruments of his chariots. Verse 13, he'll take your daughters to be confectionaries, and to be cooks, and to be bakers. And he will take your fields, and your vineyards, and your olive yards, even the best of them, and give them to his servants. And he will take the tenth of your seed, and of your vineyards, and give to his officers, and to his servants. And he will take your manservants, manservants excuse me, and your maidservants, and your goodliest young men, and your asses, and put them to his work. He will take the tenth of your sheep, and you shall be his servants. I continue reading all the way to verse 20. And you shall cry out in that day because of your king, which you have chosen you, and the Lord will not hear you in that day. Nevertheless, the people refused to obey the voice of Samuel, and they said, Nay, but we will have a king over us, that we may also be like all the nations, and that our king may judge us, and go out before us, and fight our battles. That's what a king does. Whether he be a king, whether he be a president, whether he be a governor, he exercises lordship over those under him. But, but, the Lord Jesus says, it shall not be so with you. That's what Jesus teaches. Matthew 23. Look at Matthew 23. Notice what the Lord teaches here. In verse number 8. It shall not be so with you. Matthew 23. Verse 8. But be not ye called rabbi. One is your master, even Christ. And all ye are brethren. And call no man father upon the earth. One is your father, which is in heaven. Verse 10. Neither be ye called masters, for one is your master, even Christ. But he says, He that is greatest among you shall be your servant. And whosoever shall exalt himself shall be abased, and he that shall humble himself shall be exalted. You know, when we come into the kingdom of God, when God saves us, we bring a load full of stuff. <laughs> God gives us a new nature. 
Spirit of God renews our spirit. Thank God for that. But also when we join the church, we come with a lot of the world's influence and philosophy with us. And we don't bring a little bit. We bring wagon loads of it. You know, and here and there, thoughts like these search. You know, I'm pulling more than others. Nobody notices me. Give unto Caesar what belongs to Caesar and give unto God what belongs to God. Let's keep it that way. You know, Brother Ruben tells me about fights that would happen during business meetings. <laughs> Church business meetings. You want to start a division for fight, disagreements, Let's have church meetings. You'll see it. Now, take it probably because most people are lost. That's why these things happen. It's a selfish motives. They promote themselves. But I tell you what. They also happen amongst those that claim to know the truth. Why? None of us have learned what the Lord teaches us here. Math, Luke 22. Luke 22. Don't bring your agenda. Don't bring your motives. Luke 22 says, verse 26, listen again, if, if all we learn tonight is this, you shall not be so. That's not the way the church Government works. The greatest and chiefs among us are servants. Now notice here. <laughs> I love this. I love this. No, notice verse. Two. I, I, I laugh at this because I, I'll explain why. Look at verse 26. He that is greatest among you let him be as who? As the younger. Now, you know what? Being the oldest has its privileges. <laughs> right? Well, am I the oldest here? Oh, Eric. Right, Becky? What do you get to do? You boss him around. You boss him around. And, and, you know, human nature has it that way. You know, the, the little siblings usually obey the, the oldest. Eric knows that. They wanted something, they, they oh, send Joanna. It happens. Being older has is privilege. Usually, the younger serve the elder. You get to boss all the younger siblings. Isn't that nice? Matthew 18. You know, everybody that's not the first one, like, oh. <laughs> no, wait a minute. Because Jesus says, you want to be the greatest, you need to become like that younger one right there. 
How, what does he mean? Well, let's go to Matthew 18. He says, At the same time came the disciples unto Jesus, saying, Who is the greatest in the kingdom of heaven? Now it's just, now, now it's just among the eleven or the twelve. Now it's the whole kingdom of heaven. Yeah? Well, I'll tell you who's the greatest. You don't have to look too far. It's the Lord Jesus Christ. Okay? He, he's the greatest. He's the chiefest. He's the fairest. It's the Lord Jesus Christ. After that, everybody falls behind that. Okay? But notice what he says. Verse 2. And Jesus called a little child unto him and set him in the midst of them and said, Verily I say unto you, except you be converted and become as little children, you shall not enter into the kingdom of heaven. Never mind being the greatest. You're not going to enter into it unless you become like little children. Whosoever therefore shall humble himself. And that's what he's talking about. The younger or the older becoming like the younger. A humbling attitude. A humbleness of mind. Meekness. I know I'm the oldest. I know what position I have in the church. But that doesn't make me greatest. And I hope you know that what position you have in this church also. We all are servants of Christ. You know that? There's an order that God has set in His church. There's an order that, just like there's an order in the family. But it's not, you know, like Peter said, it's not uh, in being authoritative over the flock. We're following the sample of Christ. I mean, He's the greatest who's ever been upon this earth. He's the greatest King. His, his, his name itself is the Governor. The Governor. That's His name, the Governor. You know that? He's going to rule my people Israel. And yet, what does He do? He humbles himself to the point of washing the disciples' feet. He says, and if I, your master, have done this, you ought to do the same for one another. I'm your master. You call me master, and I am your master. Then we ought to emulate, we ought to imitate our master. You know, you get to Balsam around, and I picked this song because I know some of you know it. It's a little to be king. And when I say move there, and when I say get there, you know what I'm talking about? And he says, do that. I just can't wait to be the king. So I've never seen a king with no hair. <laughs> That's, you know, we are kings and priests unto our God. Thank God for that. But He's made us kings and priests. Instead of saying, I just can't wait to be king, we ought to be saying, 
I can't wait to be like Christ. More like Christ. More in everything I do that people may see Christ in me. Let's go to 3 John. In the epistle to 3 John, and this should never be amongst us, verse 9 and 10. The Apostle John says, I wrote unto the church, but the atrophies who loves to have the preeminence among them, received us not. He wants to be first. Contrary to the teachings of Christ, he wants to be first. Wherefore, he says in verse 10, If I come, I will remember his deeds which he doeth, prating against us with malicious words and content therewith. Neither doth he himself receive the brethren, and forbiddeth them that would, and casteth them out of the church. He wants to be first. Now, let's go to Romans. Romans chapter 12. Romans chapter 12. Romans chapter 12. I'm going to read one verse. Verse 10. He says, Be kindly affectioned one to another with brotherly love. And here we go. In honor. In honor, preferring one another. Let that person get the honor. Again, that, this goes against human nature. This goes against Anything that this world teaches. But that's, that's scripture. And then, one last scripture out of Philippians chapter 2. Philippians chapter 2. We're going to read verses 3 through verse 5. Philippians chapter 2. He says... Let nothing be done through strife or vainglory. But notice it here. In lowliness of mind, let each other esteem other better than themselves. That's hard to do, right? That's hard to do. What do we say? Well, you think you're better than me? Huh? Right? That's what we say, brother. That's what we really, are you thinking better than me? Well, the scripture says, that's the way we should see it. It is each other better than me. But also, verse 4, he says, look not every man on his own things, but every man also in the things of others. And then he says, let this mind be in you. Which is exactly what Christ teaches in the verses that follow. Let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus. I'm not going to go there. Let's go back to Luke. Let's go. Let's say. Let's see what he says here in Luke 22. <clears throat> and then he says in verse 
26. He that is greatest among you, let him be as a younger. Notice here. He that is chief. And here's two opposite words. You can't be both. You cannot be both. And and I like the example that he uses in verse 27. Because we all like to go out and eat. Right? We all do. Well, who's greater? You're sitting down or the waiter? You sit down because you're demanding things, right? I mean, you're asking things. Well, some of you demand things. I want this now. I want it now. Where's my tea? Where's my food? You, you have a sense of authority because you're paying for a service. You're greater. Not in the church. It's so humbling that the Lord took the form of a servant. You can't be in the church. You cannot be chief and serve at the same time. The only way to do that is what if you serve? If you serve, then you are chief. And let me explain that. The word chief here is where we get the word government. The leader. The one in authority. But notice how it's used here. Remember, the opposite in verse 26 was between the greatest and the younger. Here the opposites are chief and the servant, the diacono. You can't be king and be a diacono at the same time. Let's, let's, let's see what Hebrews tells us. Hebrews 13. I, I picked three verses here. Verse 7. That word chief is usually translated government, the leader, the ruler. You want to be a ruler? Then you've got to be the servant. You must be the servant. Whom do you serve? You serve all. <laughs> Hebrews 13:7. Remember them which have the rule over you, who have spoken unto you the word of God whose faith follow, considering the end of their conversation. Verse 17. Obey them that have the rule over you, and submit yourselves. For they watch for your souls, as they must give an account, that they may do so with joy, and not with grief, for that is unprofitable for you. Verse 24. I beseech you. No, excuse me. Salute all them that have the rule over you. And all the saints, they of Italy, salute you. Matthew 2. Matthew chapter 2. One verse. Verse 6. And thou, Bethlehem, in the land of Judah, are not the least among the princes of Judah, for out of thee shall come a chief, a ruler, a governor. 
that shall rule my people Israel. What's his example? Becoming a servant. Luke 22. Let's close with this. Luke 22. Becoming a servant. He says, verse 27, which is greater. Now let's, let's see. There's, 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 let's, let's make, again, and notice a comparison between two things. Is it greater he that sitteth at me or he that serveth? The one sitting down. Obviously, verse 27, is not he that sitteth at me? But he says, look at verse 27. I am among you as he that serveth. Behold the servant of the Lord. Behold mine elect. He's a servant. And I'm going to go at this last example, which we find in John 13, because I believe John 13 takes place in the context of this Last Supper. And I'm just going to read some verses and we'll close with this for tonight. Verse 12. He says, So after he had washed their feet and had taken, you know, Jesus here takes takes the form of a slave, of a servant. Because washing the guest's feet was a menial task given to the lowest of the servants. You know that? That's the, that's the picture here. It wasn't given to the head of the service. It was given to the menial servant. You go wash their feet. Jesus, you know, they're all there. They're all in this upper room. And they need to have their feet washed. Nobody takes the towel. Nobody takes the initiative. He does. And he washes their feet. And then he says, after verse 12, he had washed their feet and had taken his garments and was set down again. He said unto them, Know ye what I have done to you? You call me master and Lord, and you say, Well, for so I am. If then your Lord and master have washed your feet, you also ought to wash another's feet. One another's feet. Verse 15. I've given you an example that you should do as I have done to you. Notice here. Verse 16. Verily, verily, I say unto you, the servant is not greater. You're not greater than Christ. I'm not greater than Christ. He's the greatest. He's the chiefest among 10,000. Notice what he says. The servant is not greater than his Lord. Neither he that is sent greater than he that sent him. If you know these things, happier ye if you do them. So we have the world's government. We have the church. 
And then we have the Lord's example of what it is to be a servant. So Luke says, I am among you as he that serveth. Let's 